Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this Friday episode. We're going to run out of candidate interviews here real soon. And the reason why is because those ballots could be in hand right now. You could have a stack of your family's ballots and you just need to get them filled out. You need to go to rightspokaneperspective.com. We've got a lot of candidate interviews there you can listen to. You can go to our podcast. We've interviewed a lot of candidates throughout the general election season and today is no different we've got jessica yeager running for city of spokane valley city council you can find her at jessicaforwa.com now i've got some homework for our listeners because now that we're going to run out of candidate interviews i need to know who you want to hear from what topics do you want to hear about because i really enjoy doing interviews well that's right and when the election's over we're going to need people to interview, to talk about interesting things. And there's just a short break between elections and the legislative agendas that go on in Olympia starting in January. So folks, get those ballots turned in. Talk to your family, your friends, your neighbors, congregation members. The only way you get good representation is if the people that want representation vote. And, uh, you know, you get what you vote for. And if you don't vote, you get what somebody else voted for that you might not agree with. So again, those ballots are due the first Tuesday in November. If you know people that uh, might vote in a sporadic way, you can let them know Wednesday is an acceptable day to vote as well. But get those ballots turned in first Tuesday, November. We're going to jump into a conversation with Jessica Yeager after some inspiration. Today is Be Humble Day. I'm often amused by the unofficial holidays people come up with. February alone has a sticky bun day, a sword swallower's day, even a dog biscuit appreciation day. Today has been labeled Be Humble Day, universally recognized as a virtue. Humility is certainly worth celebrating. But interestingly, this hasn't always been the case. Humility was considered a weakness, not a virtue, in the ancient world, which prized honor instead. Boasting about one's achievements was expected, and you sought to raise your status, never to lower it. Humility meant inferiority like a servant to a master. But all this changed, historians say, at Jesus' crucifixion. There, the one who was in very nature God gave up his divine status to become a servant and humbled himself to die for others. Such a praiseworthy act forced humility to be redefined. By the end of the first century, even secular writers were calling humility a virtue because of what Christ had done. Every time someone is praised for being humble today, the gospel is being preached. Without Jesus, humility wouldn't be good or a be humble day even thinkable. Christ relinquished his status for us, revealing through all of history the humble nature of God. Heavenly Father, we praise you for being the humble one, and we desire to humble ourselves to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Humility, it's... uh something that we really don't have as much of in the social media culture that we now have since we take so many pictures of ourselves. But we had the uh, ultimate picture of humility in Jesus, but he wasn't always humble because he did overturn the tables and he and the chairs and the chairs. And the chairs yeah. So they couldn't come back in and sit down. And he, he challenged government. And of course, when we talk about humility, we also want to have humble 
public servants. And that's why we do so many candidate interviews, because folks, it's up to you to decide who your humble public servant will be in an elected official. Today, we have Jessica Yeager in the studio, and I want to thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. So how has the campaign trail treated you? Have, have you been excited? Have you been inspired? Or are you experiencing something else? Oh my gosh, it's everything. Um, it's funny that you read that, Shannon, because I, I keep saying it's such a humbling experience and and just I'm so blessed to have this experience, you know, win or lose. But I've met some amazing people. And of course, when we all look at the news, your stack of papers over there, there's so much that's that's negative that's going on. And without this experience, I wouldn't have seen some of the just the blessings and the people that are doing amazing things. And and really each day I just I just thank God for all of my blessings. My my team has been amazing. Like people actually will give up most of their Saturday to go walk and knock on doors for you. And they give money, hard earned money to you so that you can go make a difference. And it's just, I think afterwards I'll probably have a good cry because it's like, I'm just stuffing all this down and being like, we just got to go move on to the next day. But it's, it is such a blessing and, and very humbling that people would back me that way. <laughs> like, well, as, as a candidate and especially your first time candidate, mm-hmm. the experience is, is definitely that push right at the end. The ballots are out, they're in hand, voters are making the decision and there's so much work to be done as a candidate. You can never do it all. You can't knock on every single door, but you do you do what you can because out in the city of Spokane Valley, you guys are elected uh, at, at large by the whole entire city. You're not broken up into districts. And so uh, from the voters and talking to people, doorbelling, going to events, uh, what, what's been the top topics you've you've heard from citizens, residents, voters? Well, uh, first of all, it's it's interesting when you knock on a door, or come up on someone using their chainsaw. It's like, hey, <laughs> don't cut your arm off and yeah. let me scare you. Um, but you know, it's some of them are actually like right after the election. They're like, why are you out? Like, it's not for three months or so. It's like, yeah, we're, we got to hit a lot of doors. We got to talk to a lot of people. And then last weekend, it was a lot of people that are like, there's an election coming. And thinking to myself, haven't you seen all the ridiculous amount of signs out there that I just pray go away within a week because it's just like, let's get back to normal for a minute. <laughs> a lot of you signs know, out there. I, yeah. I'm going out. I don't even know if I'm going to shower. I'm just going to throw on a sweatshirt and going out as early as I can get up and getting them down because I just, I want that over. I want my, it's not litter, but you know, let's get back to normal as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot of folks too, they, they think, well, why are you out campaigning? We already voted because they thought the primary was it. I've had to explain that so many times to so many people. And I'm like, okay, well, there was three and now there's two. <laughs> so That's right. I go, okay. Process well, of elimination. Yeah. I will say, though, that main the main concern people are telling me about is taxes. And right now we've got a multitude of items on, on city council that they're working on deciding upon right now. And what I'm seeing from a financial perspective is really concerning. We, a lot of people won't say it, but we're already in a recession and a depression, I think, is looming. And I feel like we should be, based on what I'm hearing about on the financial side of our country and the world, um, we should hang on to our pocketbooks. And it kind of scares me. I want to make sure that if we're going to vote on something that's going to raise your taxes, it has to be really, really warranted. 
Really warranted. Well, then uh, we actually talked to uh, council member Arnie Woodard and we, we discussed the taxes and, and looking at where things have gone. And like with the property tax issue, we're looking at turning the corner where municipal government is going to see a reduction in the taxes that are coming in. Of course, your property taxes, the biggest chunk of that is the schools, but because assessments are going to come down because people are not willing to pay as much because of interest rates. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some of the things that are on the table right now for voting on is related to sales tax. And if we get closer and further down the line in what I'm calling a recession or a depression, people are going to hold back. And so the money that we are looking at spending may not actually be there from the projected sales tax revenues because people are going to be cutting back on spending that's true. So we've had a county commissioner in the, mm -hmm. to talk about uh, measure like measure one, uh -huh. which is a 0 0.02 uh, tax increase. So it's very small on the on the taxing side of it. If you go buy an item that's, you know, a hundred dollars, it's going to be what? Two 20, 20 cents. 20 cents. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking ten dollars. Well, it's ten dollars for it's two cents on every ten dollar. Right. Two cents on every ten dollars. Mm -hmm. So that's not a huge dollar amount when you're thinking public safety. And I, and I keep thinking about, and I am a person like if you wanted to interview me on taxes after the, the elections are over, um, it would be interesting to hear how I feel about taxes. Mm -hmm. Some people might think, well, how would we fund government with this guy on tax, <laughs> right? But in all reality, if we don't do something, what's the cost down the road? Like in the city of Spokane, our roads were so bad that it was costing, they did a study, there was a, a cost of about $600 per resident in damage to their vehicle because mm -hmm. the condition of the roads. So do we want to pay for good roads or do we want to pay for fixing cars? So you kind of have to look at both sides of, of an issue. Like you said, if you only tax if it's crucial and important. And I look at criminal justice, like with the, the, theft, the property theft, the increased insurance rates because the amount of theft, maybe that 0.02%, that small amount is worth it if we still have a shopping center because they don't close because we okay. stop the looting and yeah. theft. So I think that's a debate that we have to have as voters. Of course, the time is now to have that debate because the ballots are in hand. What are your thoughts on uh, criminal justice and what are you hearing in the city of Spokane Valley? Well, I was just on the GOP board meeting tonight from about six to seven. Um, it's about as long as I could listen um, for personal reasons. But the whole thing with Major One is huge. It's like I am really torn on both sides. Will I probably vote yes for it? Probably. However, there's there are so many things to consider. Um, it, c coming from a sales tax perspective, you know, again, going back to when people buy things. That's how that revenue comes in. That is helpful the way that they're doing that as well because of the visitors that come so that visitors and, you know, people that are coming to our city to shop are helpful in, in spreading the wealth. Yeah. But well, and you look at that, some of the criminal justice system is, well, most of it's funded by local taxes. Mm -hmm. So, you well, know, Spokane when Valley will get about 11.3% of that. Oh, okay. So, so it is broken down on on that. But what what was really most interesting tonight when I was listening to people talk, you know, pro and con on this measure, it was, you know, the judges are even saying because of the laws here in Washington, you can build this facility, but we can't necessarily enforce that they go into it. And so 
And then we have staffing. You know, we have an issue with staffing here in the state, well, probably everywhere, I should say. You know, in, in, um, I work in INBH once in a while because they refer to me. And the problem is, is that there's not enough people in the mental health institution that are helping run the institution, the people that are CNAs or nurses, social workers. So my question to a couple of the commissioners have been, well, that's great. We're going to have this brand new building in five years. But who's going to be there to serve the building, to serve the people in there? Do we have enough staff? Are we even succinctly at the same time going and educating these people who are then going to take care of these people inside this new structure that we're going to build? So it's such a multifaceted issue. That yeah, it's a huge, I mean, it's going to take not just people want to hire police officers. You hire more police officers. If they arrest criminals that are out on the streets, there has to be a jail cell for them. Plus you have to have laws and Washington state got real loose on criminal laws to where they're pushing so much of the, of the burden back onto the County taxpayer because we have to house now. Okay. So they recriminalize drugs kind of, except for it's instead of it being a felony, it's a gross misdemeanor. So the state's not shouldering the burden of the criminal justice aspects, the prosecutions, or state prison system jailing them. It's all done at the county level. So mm-hmm. they push that expense on to us at the local level. So there, I think it is a multifaceted thing. One of the things that I haven't heard a lot about is that aspect of personnel. And I think that's where workforce development inside of municipal government's going to have to be addressed. Absolutely. So we're going to address more of these issues and things coming up on the ballot, things in, that are on the ballot currently that you hopefully have. It's maybe in your bill pay file. Hopefully you haven't thrown it away. If you did accidentally throw it away, contact your county voting office. That's uh Spokane County Auditor's Office, elections. You can get on their website, get information to get a provisional ballot. So don't fail. Get that ballot turned in. We're going to be right back. We want to thank God and you, the listeners, for the opportunity to continue the Right Spokane Perspective radio show and podcast programming. Listeners, it's because of your support we continue to bring you facts, commentary, and alerts on what's happening in local government, politics, and issues affecting us all. Please send your most generous support to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, PO Box 7620, Spokane, WA 99207. Thanks again, and back to the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this Friday episode. Again, you got ballots in hand. And we've got candidates that we're serving up to you. Go to rightspokaneperspective.com. Go to our podcast. Grab those interviews. If you've got people that are family members, friends, neighbors, congregation members, whatever it is, and they're leery about voting because they don't know any of these people, have them listen to the interviews. That's why we do them. They can make an informed decision, and they need those ballots. If they have a complaint, which everyone has a complaint about something at the local level, You know, your vote at the local level is the most powerful. It's paving your roads. It's your fire coverage. It is your schools. And it is your city councils that make those local decisions on public safety. We went off into the break. We were talking about public safety, if I remember correctly. Jessica Yeager, jump in and and, uh, remind us where we are in the criminal justice system here in Spokane County. Well, we were talking about Measure 1 a little bit, and, you know, for me, safety is first and foremost. Without safety, the the parks don't matter. You know, your roads are, you know, they're there, but you want to be safe driving down them. Well, parts of them are there. In the city of Spokane, the valley, we kind of, you know, look at your roads and... We have thoughts and dreams and You're wishes. And, yeah, <laughs> in, in the city of Spokane, we don't drive on the 
left side of the road. We drive on what's left of the road. You kind of look like you're inebriated a little bit. It's like, yeah, well, that's, you know, we're avoiding the, the potholes. You talk to local <laughs> law enforcement in the city of Spokane and, you know, they know someone's been drinking if they're not dodging the potholes. If they're driving <laughs> straight, there's something going on. If they're dodging the potholes, they're, you know, probably good to go. Whoops. Yeah. Well, I, I cover the whole county uh, for work and, um, I have a little Kia Soul that's all wrapped. And sometimes when I'm on a, a city of Spokane road, I actually have to pull my phone off of, you know, the car phone because it's just a little, little car. And, um, oh, the little you know, cell like, phone holder that's on the... Yeah, and like actually talk at it or bring it closer to my mouth because like, I can't hear you. And I'm like, oh, I'm in the city of Spokane. <laughs> when I get back noise. to the valley, you hear the difference. But yeah, So you want to keep those roads maintained well. But I, yes. I think we were on criminal justice. I, we got sidetracked with the potholes there. There's lots but, of squirrels here in the room. Yeah. No, uh, so with Major One, you know, we, um, we want to make sure we're safe. And so from the valley police... They'll say, you know, we're fully staffed. Great. Means maybe there's 10 officers on the road right now. Well, when you've arrested someone and three officers are sitting downtown for two hours waiting to book someone to maybe just let them back out again, then we only have seven officers. And we're still fully staffed, but three of them are downtown. Three of them are downtown sitting in their waiting car, for booking. Hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> so that doesn't increase safety. So. Yes. So we got to be able to book the people. And then, of course, you need jail space to hold them because you have the folks down at the jail that have to look through their roster and say wait a minute we just got a violent crime criminal in is there somebody that's less violent than them we're holding right now to make room and so it, it really is um, kind of a mess well it's going to take five years to build and for me i'd have to do the numbers but i almost feel like if we're going to do it let's do it good because this is a 30-year you know, payback that we're going to have. And what's, what is our population going to look like in 30 years? I wish we would have done this 10 years ago. Why didn't we? I don't know. Well, we should have done it 10 years ago. Well, I think it was, there was entities that had selfish agendas that wanted to make sure they got their piece of the tax pie first. Like on this show, I call it the Spokane Taxing Authority. It's Spokane Transit. And they took two tenths of 1%. And uh, they had to go to the voters three times to get it, mm-hmm. which means that took, you know, like six years out of the time frame. And, and there's been a lot of other things that we've paid for that were not, I don't think, fundamentally what the citizens wanted, which is why we voted against them, mm-hmm. like fluoridating the water and things in the city of Spokane, anyhow. And so it took a long time because they were working on those agendas rather than the basic fundamentals of local government, like public safety. Well, and you always have to project forward, you know, five, ten years, because as we grow, we're going to have more people that we're going to have to house in the jails if we can get the judges to actually follow through with a sentencing. Well, and that's why I think electing local leaders that will put pressure on Olympia is so important. And, and that's really what happened with the decriminalization of drugs this, you know, drug, public drug use and the transient issue, the homeless issue became a big problem because the state just didn't do their job. And so then they came back, well, we'll create a gross misdemeanor for, you know, public drug use or whatever. Well, that didn't go far enough. And all that did was push it back on the local level in the local jail instead of it being a felony in a state level crime. So that's, I don't know. It's like stealing from Peter to pay Paul at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to push on Olympia to change some of that stuff. 
Um, I want to hold people accountable. There's, you know, some talk around about how, how we can hold our politicians accountable. And, and what does it mean if, if someone makes a decision and then someone gets hurt again, you know? Can we hold that person somewhat accountable? Um, I don't know. I, I just think that from a safety perspective, that has to be looked at first. Parks are great. We want to bring tourism in. We want to do all that stuff. And the city of the Valley has done really a pretty good job. They are the most um, fiscally responsible, you know, group out there. They've got a really high rating for their credit. Good financial decisions. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, in the contract sure. situation, I mean, it... it is a problem, like you said earlier, with having a sheriff's deputy come downtown to sit there and wait, and then they just release the person. But they release the person in the city of Spokane, right? <laughs> so it is, I mean, at least you're, there's Maybe a, there's a, a level new job of, opportunity. There, there. <laughs> there's a level of separation, at least for, this, for the uh, city of Spokane Valley. So um, what other kinds of issues are, are coming up out in the, in the valley? I know that uh, roads are an issue. Um, they're talking about uh, different infrastructure items. Yeah. Bridging the valley is still a thing. Yeah, well, and we've got a, um, something that's come up about putting a, a cross-country track. And so it sounds like that's a really inexpensive way to bring tourism in. And because when we bring tourism in, it actually gives our, our money back to the city um, through their, their taxation of the tourists. And so it is helpful in a lot of areas. But again, safety has to be first for me. So Well, if the tourists come in and they pay that sales tax when they're paying for their hotel and they're buying dinner and they're mm -hmm. doing all those things, they'll help us pay for the jail. And I think that's one of the things that I thought was smart that the county commissioners had talked to me about was that instead of just shouldering the cost, because one of the problems we have is that uh, some of our crime is also tourism. tourism. Mm -hmm. It gets people coming here to commit crimes because Washington laws are pretty laissez-faire. And so we're shouldering the cost of imported crime. Mm -hmm. Well, now the tourists can help us pay for that in, in a way of you know, beefing up our criminal justice system over the next 30 years. So at least there's a, there was some thinking that went into it. Well, and then the same kind of goes for the homeless, um, which is encompassing of mental health and addiction too, because, you know, people are getting shipped in here and I don't want my residents, my constituents to pay for people to come and just show up here and get great services. Recreate your own great services where those people are from. Go back home where your, you know, your support is. Um, I have a distant relative who's got lots of mental health stuff going on and and we have separated you know I see it kind of as a cancer I wouldn't blame you Tim or Shannon if you guys had a cancer right like sometimes it's not your fault that you've got mental health issues but my constituents aren't going to pay for California's problems go back right. where your people are um, you've burned bridges go build them back and, and get yourself some help down there. Yeah. Um, well, and we also have to do a fiscally, re, you know, responsible manner. We look at what mm -hmm. happened with the homelessness spending that just skyrocketed over the last several years. We're spending more per year on a homeless individual than most families bring in in two. Yes. You can't have that kind of financial system uh, work out in the end. There's, well, there's no way that... It worked. If it's not working, why do we keep spending that money? Because that's called insanity. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Why keep banging our head against the wall and emptying our wallets 
and uh, and seeing the problem not solved. So there, that's an, the other thing that people really expect out of local government is solutions that work mm-hmm. and people that look at the balance sheets. You know, you create a program. Is it effective? Did it clean up the streets? And in the city of Spokane, there's the proposition one that criminalizes because the city of Spokane really is the central place for the homelessness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of creeping out in the county and other places, yeah. but to criminalize camping near where children learn and play, you know, schools mm-hmm. and child cares, things like that. And I think that that's going to be something that other municipal areas decide to put on the ballot. Is that something you think the city of Spokane Valley should put on the ballot in the near, in the future? Well, I don't know so much about that. Our, our homeless situation is less than the, the downtown areas, obviously, but because I've been so busy out, I'm coming home later at night sometime and I'm seeing it more and more when, you know, the sun shines not out. Um, and so for me, I've really come to the table um, I've spoken to a couple of the council members with a plan. Um, it is faith-based, so we'd have to kind of figure that piece out. It does revolve around volunteers, but they really do like it. And I'm kind of excited about maybe seeing if there's a way that we can implement something like that in the future. You know, that is it is based out of the city of Spokane Valley. Um, but it has a high rate of efficacy and People are successful on this. And so uh, I haven't just been campaigning. I've actually been already looking for solutions because it's kind of my thing. And um, that's what people that's driving voters nuts. Let's do something that works. I know. I know. It has to. And so with other jobs that I've brought on, you know, like as an executive director, I start working on stuff before I'm ever even actually hired employed in the door because I want to hit the ground running. I want to make sure I'm brought up to, you know, if I miss a council meeting for, you know, there's events going on all the time, but um, I listen to it, you know, within the next few days, I'm, I'm keeping track of everything that's going on still. But I want to hit the ground running with with solutions and moving forward because we don't have time to just go, oh, yeah, let's try to fix that. It's like, no, here are some things that are solutions based. Let's let's implement them. Let's work on it. Yeah. So they're looking at the, the homeless issue, trying to do a regional approach. And while I think that that sounds good, I think politically each city is going to have to make their own decisions. And if the, this regional approach becomes, I mean, it, it'd be good for the city of Spokane for it to be a regional approach. Then we can try to make have it other the, people lean on people to make actual decisions. Yes. Well, and and yeah, but make sure other communities are burdened in the same way as as we are in the city. But I think that city councils have to make decisions. A regional approach is not what they are elected to do. They're elected to, to represent the people in their district. I agree. It it's like. In an airplane, if the oxygen falls, you put it on yourself first, as much as I am a mother and would go for him first, they say, you've got to take care of your own first, right? I believe that for our city council here locally and and city council really does matter because it is those things that affect us every day, all day long sometimes. Um, But in our own country too, we've got to take care of those who are in our country who've been here um, and, and we have to take care of ourselves the regional approach is kind of falling apart. I was really excited about the potential, but it, it just kind of has not been what it was supposed to be. And so I think that the effort was really good, but it's just, it's kind of fizzling out. And there's a lot of people that aren't really super excited about it, unfortunately, because I think we all need to work as a team. But on the other hand, 
we got to put our own oxygen mask on the city of Spokane Valley ourselves. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because if you can't, just like the United States of America, if we don't have a solid country that's uh, financially successful, feasible, we can't help other countries. We can't help those less fortunate. And, of course, we're in a situation now, I think, with the homeless, why you see that kind of quieted down was we're in political season and it's summer and they're camping next to the river. And as the temperatures drop and the election is over and it gets cold, we're going to find out where these people sleep. And it might be, you know, in your alleyway, it might be in your garage, it might be in your camper that's in storage. So that's going to be a hot topic again. Uh, once you're elected in office again, folks go to jessicaforwa.com. Thanks for coming in. Thank you Jessica guys so much Yeager. for having me. Again, folks, get those ballots turned in. You've got just a little bit of time left to help inform your fellow citizens and voters. Go to rightspokaneperspective.com, grab those interviews, go to our podcast, get people to turn out and vote. Make them informed voters and uh, give them your recommendations. Don't be afraid to you know, counsel them on the research that you've done so that you have effective local government. That being said, we're out of here today. We'll be back with you on Monday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you. Hello, this is Tim. And Shannon with Right Right Spokane Spokane Perspective. Perspective. It's about the information, interviews, and alerts so you can take action. We are seeking the truth on important issues. We are listener supported and appreciate our sponsors. Find us on social media. Facebook, Truth Social, Twitter, MeWe, and Getter. Hit that like and share button or visit us at rightspokaneperspective.com.